0: Live. Hey everybody, this is Brian. We've got Rob Friedman here along with us this evening. I want to welcome everybody to the Made Texan discussion group from Tactical Sovereignty. Uh, this wonderful first day of the week, Sunday, and uh, hopefully everybody's been out of the path of a storm. I know we've got a few group members that live on Texas, but. You know, it seemed like a lot of neighboring states, even in Florida, we got a lot of uh, the offshoots of the rain and everything from it, and uh, I guess there's supposed to be another hurricane headed up this direction as well, so fun, fun, great time of year. But anyway, this evening, um, you know, a few people in the group have been talking about declaration status about the last week or so, so I figured might as well go ahead and do a call regarding that, uh, something similar to uh, call number six that was done on this talk shoe link which covered the certificate of life birth and doing the authentication and reasons behind that. So we'll just uh, kind of do a follow-up with declaration of status, which I've uh, kind of, in a way, I've always thought of as kind of step two, although I think there are some other things that can be done along the way. Um, One of the things I see frustrating is a lot of people that – they go through the work that it takes to learn how to get the authentication done, and they go through the steps of that and sit and watch the mailbox waiting for that information to come back from the Department of State. And then once they receive it, they say, okay, I got it. Now what do I do? It's like, okay, you spent that whole time just watching the mailbox. I mean, you know, the whole thing along the way, we need to be kind of connecting the dots in our head and putting the puzzle together in our head because they'll tell you really what you need to be doing. And one of the ways that I look at the Declaration of Status, you know, people need to realize it's not like a silver bullet of any type. Um, It really can be pretty much whatever you want it to be, I guess. But like I said, it's it's not a silver bullet. But I think the main purpose behind it is that we really have a lot of people running around on this land that are stateless. as far as the thought of you being a citizen because you're born here, I really have some strong problems with that. And we've got a lot of people running around on the land that have never declared who they are. And so an assumption is just made for them. And if you're going to let somebody else go ahead and declare your status for you, you're not going to enjoy the side that they pick for you to be on. So to me, that's really a big part of the purpose behind it and, as well, I feel that it is something strong in your arsenal that you can use along as an exhibit with uh, anything else that you might do. But anyway, with that being said, I want to welcome Rob on. How are you doing, brother? Good,
1: man. absolutely uh, agree with you as, as far as, um, you know, declaration status definitely not being a remedy that people have tried to use it for in the past, <laughs> Um so I think, yeah, the more we can help people understand what the declaration of status is and how to use it or what to use it for and why is is really important. So I'm kind of glad you're doing this call.
0: Yeah, no, I'm glad to have you as well. Yeah, You know, when you were talking, I was I just had a situation pop back in my head, something that happened to me about six months ago. And, you know, we know it's not a remedy or anything, but, um, I had been pulled over, and uh, it was two officers, actually, and they wanted to search my vehicle. And I've never had a problem with that, you know, as long as I can stand there and watch this, so I know you're not pulling something out of your pocket while you're doing it, you know what I mean? And uh, I had some paperwork in there, and I saw the guy was kind of reading and stuff. And I kind of walked away and ignored him, and he came back to me, and he asked me uh, if I was in the government or anything like that, and I told him, no, Why? He said, no, I just saw a couple of things in there I was kind of curious about. And, you know, he was like, well, you have a good day, you know, be safe. And let me go without any tickets or anything. And I, I was just now thinking, you know what? I had my declaration of status stuck above my uh, visor. I was like, I bet that's what he was looking at.
1: Yeah, it could have been. And, you know, again, the whole point of status is knowing who you are, is knowing who the private and the public is, you know, and if you're any which way connected to the state, that's public, you know, so you want to stay private. I mean, a lot of people are so confused on the public-private thing. I mean, you know, constitutional law doesn't belong to you. That belongs to the public. You know, contract law belongs to you because you do contracts in the private. So the declaration of status is just setting you up. It's just the beginning stage. It's your record. You're, the way I look at this is, like you said, the, accepted, or the um, uh, authenticated certificate of live birth. What do you do with that? Like you said, you're just sitting around waiting for it. I, I know some people that got it and went and hurried up and filed it in their court case. Like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Why would you do that? I mean, number one, you just voided it because the court just stamped in front of it, so that voids it, so it doesn't even matter. It says you can't use it within the United States, and every court is within the United States. So, you know, I think there's just so much misinformation and people going on what so-and-so said and -and so-and-so said and -and so-and-so said, but nobody actually looked anything up, (laughs) right? So – you know, for anyone that's doing this stuff, you should be in the law library. You should have a law dictionary. You should be looking this stuff up. You should be online on Cornell Law, you know, wherever you can, looking this stuff up. Because if you don't understand what you're saying, they're not going to understand either. And you're probably going to wind up jumping the line between public and private, and that's where you go going to get slammed. So that officer was probably looking. He probably looked at those documents, and what did he ask you? Are you, you know, a member of the government? No, you just said, I'm not public. I'm private. And your status probably said that. And he probably said, okay, you know, have a nice day. Can't mess with private. Because there is actual case law where it says private doesn't have to follow the law, (laughs) you know, that you have a right not to follow the law. Okay, now what law are they talking about? They're talking about public law, because public law doesn't apply to you. But where do we begin to establish that? That's where the declaration of status comes in. So the way I looked at this was authenticated birth certificate first. Now that does nothing by itself. So I'm sure you probably went over in your class, I know I go over in mine, whatever, on my calls, that you have to accept and acknowledge that on the record because it's essentially a deed, you're being given the property back, all you're really doing throughout this whole thing is you're just making sure that no one else has title to it. You're just getting everyone to agree. We all on the same page here? Yes, okay, we all agree. I am the owner of this property. I am the creator. I am the owner. Now, in my opinion, you don't want to be the owner. You want to give that thing to a trust, but that's another call. However, you have to clear the title first so you get the declaration of status. You're clearing the title up right? You're giving it, you're giving the government, that's why I say do the administrative process, because you're giving the government time to respond, okay, to to say that they don't have a right in it. But all this means nothing if you don't have your status declared somewhere, like, who are you? What are you? Right? So that's where the declaration of status comes in. So, you know, you, you create your declaration of status, which is just the declaration in affidavit form, and you just list all the things that, declare your status. And I've seen, look, my declaration of status that I got that I paid $2,500 to go to some guru class, and it's like 40-some pages, it's ridiculous, because that's way too much. You know, my new declaration of status is two pages. Now, it has exhibits to it, so it might wind up being like 12 at the end of the day, but really the initial declaration of status is two pages, because I'm trying to establish a few basic thing. Number one, I'm private. First and foremost, I'm, I'm an incarnation of God, right? I'm a divine spirit incarnate. So, you have to set the tone with religion. I don't care if you're spiritual and non-religious it's still consider religion. You have to set the tone with that. Because that, they cannot mess with, they know that that's private law. So, if I'm a divine spirit incarnate as man, a child of God, it's hands off. I mean, I just declared, boom, that's who I am. Is there any proof to the contrary? No, right? So that's fact one, you know? Then I go into, um, you know, other facts, like I am not the registered entity, the registered organization, known as birth certificate file number, state of, boom, 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 and I list the, everything that describes the property, with the account number, known as social security number, with dashes, and the private account number, known as the Social Security number without dashes. These are all facts I start to put in. I am a, if I live on the land, I go to the government printing style or the government office printing style manual, and I look up on Section 5.23 what they name the nation of as the state, right? So every state is a nation. Well, it tells you right in there. If you're from Maryland, you're a Marylander. If you're from Florida, you're a Floridian. Okay, so it lists them as nationalities. So you want to look that up, make sure you're not just writing New Yorker in there because it might not be New Yorker. They may recognize it as something else, a New Yorkian, which I think it is a New Yorkian. But it will tell you in 5.23 of the Government Printing Office. That's another fact that I put in there. I was born on the land. I'm a New Jerseyan, right? So I'm born in a geographic location of New Jersey. Um, so I start laying out all these facts. Then I attach exhibits. I have accepted and acknowledged the certificate of lot birth, the property as mine. Thank you very much. Right, that's one of my exhibits. Is the acceptance and acknowledgment form, the true and correct copies. Do right? doing an affidavit, true and correct copies. I put a, a notice of uh, rescission of suretyship on all future, past, present, future contracts. Uh, a disclaimer of trusteeship, past, present, future. Um, resignation of resident agent because I'm resigning from any implied or express agency whatsoever. So that's a separate form. These are all exhibits, by the way. Um, I do an appointment of executor exhibit, and I put all those into my declaration of status. So they're all additional declarations that that are exhibits that point to the facts that I'm alleging, not even alleging, the fact I'm laying out in my declaration, okay? So we set up this declaration. We have to get it recorded. So you've got to find a court that you can record it in a miscellaneous file, not filed, but recorded. The court will file it, but you're recording it. The court will file it in a miscellaneous file. Now you have a face. So I know a lot of people do this, and they get their recorded copy, and then they're like, well, they start sending it out everywhere. You know, I'm going to send it to my creditors. I'm going to send it to the government, blah, 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 blah. Well, the government... They can't interfere with private law. They, they can't really do anything with that. They look at it and they're like, oh, yeah, okay, great. What do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah, it's great. you got to get a nice record. But I can't do anything. You're not public. You're not in the public. They can't do anything with it. So what you're doing is you're just establishing a record for later if anything comes up where there is a breach of the public law and you're private and the public law breaches your private law, then you could go, wait a minute, I'm not this public entity, number one, here's the declaration and all the private records that show it, I'm in the private, and your public asses came over here in my private world, and you came into my house and tried to tell me my rules. You can't do that, just like I can't go into government and tell them how to function. That's not my house. That's not my rules. So what the Declaration of Status is doing is setting that up. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, yes, absolutely.
1: You know, so, again, I think um, a lot of people just get the wrong idea with the Declaration of Status. They want to use it as a remedial thing. Now, it may help you, like I said, once you're in a situation like you were in with the, the cops, you know, it might help you out in a situation because you're laying out the fact that you're private. Now, what I always do is when I record something to um, establish my, my record of, of private standing, okay, it's first the declaration of status with those exhibits, okay, I record that. Then later down the road, if I want to record something else that, that establishes my private status, like I did a FOIA request to the uh, military to have them check all the records to, to send me something back that says we do not hold any records on private citizens. Well, great. The military just said I'm a private citizen, so I got that for evidence. So I want to record that. So what I do is I send it to the same court, and I cross-index it. It's usually a separate fee to cross-index. So I cross-index it back to that declaration of status. So if somebody looks up one particular piece of this record, and it says at the bottom cross-index the book and page number, blah, 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 Now, all my records are consistent. They all attach to that declaration of status. So that's something that some of the people might want to do when they want to record later documents to add to their declaration of status. Um, So that's something I did. I came up with all kinds of stuff that I added. I carry around a little pocket notice now and let them know, you know, that I reserve all my rights. It's a a separation document. And what I did was it's got my picture on it. It's, It's notarized. I recorded it in the court, and then I made it pocket size. So now, if I get into a situation where I'm being forced into a contract, I could pull out this little pocket notice, got my picture on it and everything, and I go, boom, here you go, you've been notified. And that's public record, because I got the document that backs that up, that's in the public, on the record, and it's authenticated, so I got authentic copies of the record at home. You know, so now I've got carry this in my pocket, so if anybody tries to push the envelope with me, oh, well, just let you know you're notified. I'm not saying another word. I'm done. I'm not interacting with the public. I don't want anything to do with the public. See, and that's where I get into an issue with people with these darn PDA accounts and this ACA stuff. It's driving me crazy, man. It's like you don't have a right to that. You, when you are private, you give up all your public benefits. That's called being private. So we don't want the public. You don't want those TDA accounts. You don't want that ACH and the hidden money and all that because all you're asking for is a quick ride to jail. And they have a right to do that because you're going into their house and taking what's theirs. Going, oh, that's mine. That's mine. That's what's not yours. It's theirs. It's in their house. It's under their rules. It is not yours. So you step outside of that. You live in the private. And you create a mechanism that can go over into that jurisdiction and do business, which is where the private business trust comes in. All right, that's why you should have a private business trust, because you as a living man or woman, you can't go into their world and you can't get anything out of the United States directly to you. You cannot get a benefit from the United States and expect to be private. It is impossible. You can't do it. The only way to do it is through a private trust. So, Again, declaration status is just setting all this up, you know. So, again, what you're going to do, you're going to write it in affidavit form. You're going to attach exhibits to it if you like. That's how I do mine. And I put my um, birth certificate, authenticated copies, right, the uh, true and correct copies of the authenticated birth certificate or certificate of my birth, rather. That was an exhibit, except acknowledge it. I did a... Uh, Again, I'll go over the documents I did. I did an um, appointment of executor that appointed me the executor of the fictitious estate. Right? I had all that listed out and labeled it. Um, and I'll, these are, these templates are available on our website and you can download them with the video. It tells you how to fill them out and all that stuff. Uh, we call them illustrations because, you know, I don't want to be giving anybody legal advice and putting out legal documents. Um, but. Again, so I did the. Let's go back over declaration of status. I attached the exhibit. The exhibit being the. Is that your phone or my phone, Brian? No, your phone. Okay, sounds like a bunch of static. Um, so declaration of status, exhibit. Uh, exhibit one is the. Um. That noise is driving
0: me nuts. Can you hear that or is that just me? Um, here, let me go and try to mute the board and unmute you. All
1: right? Yeah, go ahead. It is Brian. Oh. Yep. Can you yeah, hear me?
0: Yeah, I can hear you. All right. All right. Uh, all right. Was it uh, gone? Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Yeah, so, I didn't have to mute anybody. All right. <laughs>
1: So again, uh, just laying out the exhibits would be the authenticated or, or copies of the authenticated certificate of live birth, and you have to do an affidavit of a true and correct copy. So you're putting on the record that these are in fact true and correct copies of the original. So you do your affidavit with those. You do an acceptance and acknowledgment form, just like you're acknowledging or accepting a deed for property, because that's really what you're doing. Same thing. So you do acceptance and acknowledgment form. Those are all exhibits. Um, general executor, appointment of general executor exhibit, rescission of suretyship um, signatures exhibit, um, disclaimer of trusteeship, and resignation of resident agent. Now, you could put whatever else you want on there exhibit-wise. I mean, it's your declaration of status. What is your status? But again, the few main points are you're not the entity, so you want to somehow convey that in terms that make sense. You want to put that you are, in fact, uh, a Marylander or, or whatever. I, I don't even like to use citizen of the state of or of the state. You know, I just don't like, I don't, I'm not a citizen. I'm not a subject, you know, at all. I mean, I'm a king, so a king doesn't walk around and say I'm a citizen of some state. So I just say, you know, I, I'm born on the land of and I'm a Marylander, you know, or a New Jerseyan or whatever, New Yorkan, whatever's laid out in that book. All right, so those are the things you want to establish, um, that you're a divine being, that's first and foremost. And, uh, again, you want to say you disclaim any agency, you want to say you disclaim any trusteeship, you want to say you're the executor. You know, what I do is I lay those points out in my declaration of status, and then I attach extra affidavits as my exhibits, like I just explained. All right, so now I have also affidavits that I'm swearing or, de- or or other declarations that I'm swearing to that I'm saying, hey, yeah, this this is me. This is who I am, you know. Um, well, if so, I yeah.
0: add, add to that, um, you know, you're talking about uh, there's a lot of things you can use as your exhibits. One of the things I used as an exhibit for uh, my political standing was I added my uh, rescission of voter status uh, to that. Actually, I added the acknowledgement by the state that they sent me back.
1: There you go. That's great. You know, so those types of things, yeah, put in there. I mean, the way I look at how I did mine was I rescinded all signatures on everything. So I'm like, I don't care if you're holding up a prior contract, you know. Equity regards as done what ought to have been done. So I'm saying now that because I was too stupid and incompetent to do this then, I'm doing it now, nunc pro tonc. So, it's all done, you know. Um, but if you have more of that evidence, like Brian said, that's great. I would add it. If I had that, I would add it. But what I was trying to do is say, you know what, I'm not going to go back through and find every single contract and sever each one. I'm just going to blanket that bad boy and be done with it. And and then, then now, it's, now it's up to them to prove the point. Oh, what contract? Pull it out. Let me see it. Well, they're never going to do that. They're never going to admit it's a contract because then they just gave away the whole game. And they, can't, they won't do that, you know. But, yes, add whatever you can, you know. Add whatever you can. Yeah, I, would,
0: I just want to mention again, um, I did go and put Rob's class link back into the chat again. And if people are just on the call, they want to access the chat, it's just that uh, big purple button at the top of the talk show link.
1: Yeah, we're going to be going over. I mean, we went over a lot of this, and uh, we're going to be going over. What I'm doing with with my classes is I'm trying to take people from public all the way into the private and take that entity, that damnable birth thing, and put it into a private trust, which you're going to need to correct private trust for. I don't suggest anybody write one that hasn't studied trust law in depth for a long period of time, because it's got to be a a private business trust, not some other patriot guru trust stuff off the Internet. Once you do that, now you're playing because you're private, and whatever is public is owned by this, this other entity. So you don't even own anything anymore. You're done. You're out. I don't want any benefits. I don't collect any benefits. I don't work for no one. You know, I don't have a job. Basically, I'm just a free man on the land, and I don't own shit, <laughs> you know, and I, that's how I want it. Because the minute you get a benefit, you're now back in the public, and you are subject to everything that the public law says legitimately, you know. I, I'm kind of getting a little upset with people that want to go hang the government because they did this to us. They did that. They did this. Everything they have done is, like, almost 95% according to the law.
0: And everybody go, like, oh, no,
1: that's not true. People hate me for saying that. I, I, you know what? That is damn true because they know what public and private is but you don't know what public and private is, and they, they say, well, that's not our problem, all right? Now, did they trick us into contracts? Yes, I agree with that. Did they trick us and make us think that we're this thing? Yes, they did that. But as far as the law is set up and why they're doing and how they're doing what they're doing, everything else is to the letter. I mean, they're doing it with the authority. It's like the um, 1871 thing. You know, all oh, the United States, the Corporation Court to 1871, you know, well, yeah, they are. They had a right to do that. The Constitution gives them the ability to do that. They're allowed to do that in D.C. Okay, now the fact that they tricked us and spread the jurisdiction out all over, which is just hypothetical. It's not even really there. It's just that we believe it's there, so we keep buying into it. We don't know how to challenge their, their public overreach or their private overreach. Um, that's where we get stuck. You know, so, again, it's really about knowing public and private, man, and that declaration of status is the beginning of that. So with truth and trust, well, we're, we're trying to take people all the way to the other side so now, and then use a mechanism to do business so they don't have to live in a shack in the woods somewhere with, you know, growing their own food. You know, we want people to be able to still use the United States system with a mechanism that's an interface so it can't affect you it can only affect that interface, but
0: it's not you. See? So. Oh, here's, here's, the, yeah, here's the thing, though, too. With the Declaration of Status is that, you know, people want to cry and complain about, you know, them becoming a corporation in 1871 and all that and, and scream fraud about it. It's like, no, wait a minute. They're giving you your out. That's your out right, right. there. Because since they're just another corporation out there, you have the right of contract, and that's mm-hmm. what you're using us for. Exactly,
1: exactly. And all we got to do is get smart about it and stop contracting with them, you know. But then people say, what do I do? I need to drive. I need to work. And, you know, and that's up to you to figure out. But the best way that I've seen to do that is using a private trust to do everything. You know, some people you might have the ability to go out and be a subcontractor. So get rid of the employment. Start your own business. Have the business tied to the trust. Let it funnel back to the trust. Now you are behind uh, arm's length, double behind arm's length, because you can't be held liable for the corporation. You know, that's one thing everybody kind of looking at, oh, truth and trust. Now it's a corporation just like anything else. Well, yeah, I turned it into a corporation. Okay, because anybody I've seen trying to do this freedom thing and get people out of the matrix, all right, they always wind up in jail. (laughs) And that's because, yes, what they're doing is powerful, but they're traversing into the public, all right, and they don't have a mechanism set up that protects them. So for me, the corporation is the most protection I can have because it's not me, just the way that they use it. It's not them. You're not going to find... You're not going to get, go get some CEO of this big, large corporation that just done, dumped, you know, a million gallons of oil and killed all kinds of, uh, you know, wildlife, and, and people are all messed up. I mean, you're not going to throw him in jail because he's going to go, oh, I resigned. Oh, okay, well, it wasn't him. It was a corporation that did, so I can't throw him in jail. the accident is under the corporation, right? It's the same thing. I do the same thing. Oh, you can't throw me in jail. I do nothing that wrong. That's the corporation doing all this stuff. I'm out. I resign. I resign agency, I'm done, and you're done. Same way they do it. So play the game the way that they play it. Except what I try to do is make sure that the corporation I'm running is doing it for good causes, you know, to help humanity, not profit from humanity. Yes, there's money involved, obviously. I mean, that's, you know, that's what you get for your time. You You know, you put your time in. And it's not even me. The company's making money. And then the company's tied to the trust, and I'm a double arm's leg. Like, you don't know me from nothing other than the fact that I'm the, uh, an officer for the company. That's it. You know, other than that, I got no liability. It doesn't fall on me. So we need to be smarter about how we're doing things and not, like, condemn the money machine and condemn the corporate entities and condemn the government because they're just playing by the rules. We just got to know the rules. So when you get a corporation set up and you use it in reverse of what they're doing, you're just as protected by it. You're just not using it to harm people. You know, you're just not using it to get over on people or to make a quote unquote profit and be king of the hill. We're using the corporation to help people, to inform people, to bring them out of the private or out of the public and into the private. But it's up to the people themselves to stay in the private. You can do all the paperwork you want in the world, but the minute you cross the line, you're done. That's on you. That's not on me or Truth and Trust or anybody that gave you the paperwork. That's on you. So that's what we're trying to do is just get people educated, just like you're doing, Brian, which is why, you know, I think we need more groups that that educate each other. But everybody got stopped. Yeah, Absolutely. Everybody got to stop regurgitating everybody else, every other buddy's stuff, man. We gotta actually research the stuff, you know. Go in the law book, look at it, look at the definition. know what you're doing. Because ultimately, if you don't, that piece of paper ain't gonna do you no good because you don't understand what you're doing with it. That's where you get hurt.
0: Yeah, it's like giving a loaded gun to a five-year-old.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and that's why we're in the position we're in, because they, the, the government's duty is to protect the public. And if there's a bunch of knuckleheads running around out there that don't know how to be private and they're out there potentially harming the public, they have to protect that. That is their duty. So while we look at it and go, look at these, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, come on. You know, these cops are way overbearing. You know, they, they run around like they got a Superman badge. And, yes, they do crazy shit and hurt people. I get that. You know, but at the same time, if people knew who they were and how to handle their affairs privately, a lot of that wouldn't even come to a head, you know? So, I mean, I noticed when I started thinking different and not worrying about the government being an overlord and wanting to come down on me and all that, and I wasn't afraid of it anymore, I hardly run into anything, nothing. Even when I do, a traffic, I get pulled over, yeah, hi, officer, license of registration. yeah, here you go. You know, I mean, what am I going to do? Stand there, and fight with the guy, and start this whole big thing, and that's going to add all this stress and pressure to my life? No, I'm getting there one step at a time soon, and I already have my shit established, right? Because you know what I did, Brian. I took my uh, the birth entity, and I put it into a truck. So if I'm giving over my, the license and registration for the vehicle, and it's registered and all that with the state, what I'm telling them is I'm the manager of the truck. The trust is holding this entity that's on this license, that's on this registration. It's not me. I've already got that established. So you can have the license and the registration and give me the fines and all that. I'll take it back to the trustees, and the trustees will handle that because it's their property. It's not mine. I don't own it. I don't own that thing with that picture on there, I don't own any of that. I don't know what to tell you, officer. I don't own any of that.
0: You know? Well, that's exactly, that's exactly what Rockefeller was trying to tell everybody when he said, own nothing, control everything.
1: Yeah, you can, you can give me the ticket. I'm going to take it back to trustees, and the trustees are going to handle that. And, and, and my trustees are savvy. They know how to handle it. You know, they own the property. I don't own it. It might have that picture on there that they assume is me, but it's a picture. It can't actually be me because I'm alive. I'm standing here. How can that be me? We're, you know, I can't be in two places at the same time. So it's not me. It's a picture. Not me, right? but that property that's on there is not mine. I've got all the records to show it, and that's the key with the declaration of status. You're starting off your records to show public notice of what you're doing. So when I pull that out with my other public notice records, my UCC1 form, my uh, newspaper notices about the exchange of property into the trust, there's not much they can really say they're kind of screwed because they're not dealing with the guy that owns that property and they have to be. So now they got to deal with the trustees and the trustees say, Hey, look, just telling you, you know, my man is, it has a right under God to, you know, go out and live on God's earth and do the will of God. I mean, that's his, that's his spiritual belief. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. So we own this and what would, you know, Oh, did he injure you? Oh, not a problem. We got $21 in silver here as insurance. What do you need? What's the bill? Here, I'll give you one, one silver dollar. You're saying that it costs four grand and a fine. Maybe he hit somebody or something like that. Not a problem. Here's a dollar in silver. You just go ahead and discharge all that. Knock yourselves out. Because a dollar in silver is, a boy, well, let's face it. It's $1 more than any dollar amount they can come up with because it's all hypothecated. They don't have actual money. So when you have silver in the trust, that now becomes insurance. Now you run around, you're actually insured too. So if there's an injury, the trust says, hey, not a problem. We got $21 in insurance here in real money. What do you got, government? Oh, we don't have anything. We just got some hypothecated charges here. Uh, It's not real money, though. We just have to call it an amount because, well, we can't call it money because that would be lying, so we can't do that. So, oh, yeah, go ahead. Here's Here's a dollar in silver. Just discharge that. Oh, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> that's, a, that's why they all have to be bonded, because they have no money, see? But the trust holds silver and assets, okay, which is money, silver and gold. It holds that in excess of $20. So now anything that the entity does is insured by its own insurance, by the trust. It doesn't need any outside insurance. It's got real money. When's the last time you saw an insurance company in court? Never. You never see insurance companies in court, okay? Because they settle the claim through discharge outside of court all the time. They don't even go in the court. It ain't even necessary. So it's the same thing when you're dealing with the entity in the trust. The trust is like, you're insured. It's like they're holding the insurance for the entity. See, so now the entity can go in and do commerce, and it's insured. So the declaration of status is the beginning of setting all that up if that, in fact, is the direction that you want to go. That's a personal choice. That's the direction I took.
0: Well, and that's one of the things, too, that people, I think it goes right over their head or in one ear or out the other or whatever when they're in court, <laughs> is that they see all these people come up in front of the administrator, and the administrator always starts out the case pretty much the same way, and then he asks the prosecutor if – the parties have come to any agreement, which right. the answer is just about always no. You know, I, I had a situation a number of years ago. I didn't know crap. And uh, I had a charge against me. It was me and another individual, but it was actually the other individual who had probably committed any crime if there was anything that happened at all. And I decided, um, I, I mean, like I said, I didn't know any of this stuff. This was like 15 years ago. And I took my young little happy butt right down to the prosecutor's office and went in and sat down and talked to the prosecutor, and let them know, you know, where I stood on the situation and what I planned on doing about it. And they said, okay. And they said, don't worry about it. You don't have to come to court. Uh, I kind of know better. I went to court anyway. But when the prosecutor was called up, you know, and the judge asked, you know, where there's what they're doing with the case, uh, she said that they were dropping the charges on me. And I thought, sweet. But now I know what it really was. I mean, I, I was following what, so I was following scripture. It said, you know, go to your adversaries and deal with them immediately before you have to go into court. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's why the administrative process is so powerful. Because that's what you're doing. Exactly what you're doing. You're going to your adversaries. and And people misunderstand the administrative process, too. They don't get it. They think that the administrative process you're just going to do, uh, you're going to send a commercial affidavit, and it's over. That's not how it works at all. You've got to do the commercial affidavit. You have to give them an opportunity to cure. Then you have to default them. You've got to make sure it's set up right to be a security, which means it has to have a serial number and a tracer flag on it, You know, where the serial number kind of is a tracer flag, really. Um, I do mine a little different, but anyway... So what you're doing is you're creating a default mechanism. You're creating a contract between you and the adversary. The adversary backed out of the, the, the field, right, left the battlefield because they didn't respond to your affidavit. So in the law, they've agreed. So you default them. Now you have a real contract. Now you can put a lien on something, this whatever property in question, because you've got the contract to do it. And actually – The commercial affidavit is the lien. Everybody thinks the UCC is a lien. It's not a lien at all. It's a notice. It's a notice of lien. It's a public notice of a private interest, first in line, first in time. So that's where everybody gets confused with the UCC. Oh, I'm a secure party creditor now. I can, you know, I can discharge anything. No, you can't. (laughs) You're only a creditor over that piece of property which you listed. That doesn't mean you go out and just start discharging stuff, you know, and I know there's a ton of, you know, law gurus out there and commercial law guys that make that stuff work, and that's all and really good. I mean, that's awesome. But me personally, I don't want to have to go through any of that because I don't want to deal with the public. You know, I'd rather the trust do that, which is my what my class is tonight. is just teaching people what's in the UCC1 that is powerful for the trust use, how to get it done so that, the next step is to assign stuff on the UCC over to the trust so the trust is dealing with it. Other than that, I don't want to deal with the UCC. I mean, my UCC one is one paragraph. I've seen people, man, they put agreements on their declarations. It says right in Article 9 that you don't do that. You don't put your agreements and stuff on a UCC. You don't record the whole document of an agreement. You just reference the agreement number. That's all you did, the serial number, the flag, the tracer flag.
0: You know, but
1: again, there's just so much confusion because everybody is listening to everyone else and no one's going to the source of the law to find out how exactly does the law view it? How do they work, you know? So that's what we're trying to do is just bring the truth to this stuff and make it simpler and simpler and simpler for people to get out. Once you're out, you can't go back in because it's it's very easy to go back in. And the minute you do, you just negate everything that you worked hard on doing. So you can't contract with these people, man, or with these
0: entities. You
1: just can't do
0: it. Well, I've I've gotten to the point now where it's like, whatever I've got in place, I don't want any of that uh, be negated at all. I mean, if if I'm in a store and they're like, hey, you want to sign up for our card? No, no, keep it. No, I, I, <laughs> right, I'm not signing up for right. nothing. <laughs> exactly.
1: No, thank you. Now you can I mean, well, you know, you you can contract with a with a. Uh, you know, a corporation or something to that degree, but you better know how to protect yourself in that contract because the state can't interfere or impede the obligation of a contract. But you got to know what you're signing because that other party, th- the bottom line is most contracts with corporations say, you know, this contract is governed under the laws of the state of. Well, then you're screwed because <laughs> you just agreed to exactly. all the state of, you know.
0: Or they're yeah. organized underneath IRS code, such and such.
1: Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I know now,
0: you've got uh, your I was going to say I know you've got your call coming up here in an hour so uh, if anybody uh wanted to ask a question or anything uh before you run off on us uh this would probably be a good time.
1: Yeah, why don't we do that actually? And I was just going to say real quick that now that the trust owns the entity and the, and the account number so security number me as the manager of the trust with the appointed authority to do the day-to-day business, I can now sign up for things and not worry about being attached to it because it's not me that's attached to it; it's the it's the entity, and I don't own that. The corporation does, or the trust does, and because the trust is doing business for the beneficiary, I have a right to go ahead and use that number and that name, you know, to get business done. So, if right, I'm you're, you're acting
0: yeah, you're acting on behalf of the trust and on behalf of the organization that they created.
1: Right, exactly. Yep, but yeah, we should take questions and then I'll have to get.
0: Yeah, so if anybody has a question, feel free to hop on. Just let us know uh, where you're from and who you are. Uh, evidently, you've covered everything pretty well, Rob.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, man, that's awesome. Everybody's clear. <laughs>
0: yeah. I was going to ask you, well, what happened? Did Facebook screw with you?
1: With what? What's that?
0: With, with uh, your name?
1: Oh, no, no, no. I started using, well, I, for some reason months ago, I was like, I just changed my name to Rob Freeman. I didn't put my last name up there. And then I had always used my first and middle, Robert Michael. So I started using that again and it was starting to conflict. So I just went back to Robert Michael cuz I got to keep it consistent. Now that I'm actually kind of stepping out there and making myself known, I figured I'll use one consistent name. So <laughs> Right, right. In now, sense. they haven't screwed with me yet, which is interesting. Well, I know there's agents. I've been I've been contacted by people that blatantly let me know they were agents, you know. Um, but they actually told me I was on the right track and keep going. I was like, okay, (laughs) I know that, you know. Yeah,
0: I've had them come and knock knock on my door, too, and it's kind of nice when uh, everything gets settled peacefully, you know.
1: Yeah. Again, they just want you to stay out in the public for your safety and theirs, which is great, not a problem. Now, just because I'm on Facebook, in a public forum, that's fine. I'm just giving information. You know, I'm not out there telling anybody what they should and shouldn't do. I'm just saying, here's my suggestion. Here's what I've done. But I'm not saying this is what you should and shouldn't do. Now, we have a private call like this. This is private. I don't care what agents are listening in. It's still private. They don't have a right to interfere with, with this call and do, do, uh, use it against us. Because everybody on this call was invited. It's a private call doesn't
0: matter if they're aging or not. Well, you know what? I I would actually, I'm glad you addressed that because I I would like to mention something regarding that. And that is, you know, I see people, I I don't really go on the news feed very often on Facebook or anything like that. I pretty much just use it for my group. But I've seen people um, have conversations, even within the group, where they're like, well, why are you talking about this and this here and here? This is in the public. You're on Facebook. This is all in the public. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Uh, Number one, if you're in a Facebook group, it is private because you had to ask permission to join them. It's something Mm -hmm. separate. It's not a a door that just anybody can walk in. And number two, even if something is just generally on a social media site, that is not necessarily the public. Those are privately owned companies, and not anybody can just walk in. You had to go in, you had to give them all your information, create a passcode, all of that stuff to join their little club.
1: That's right.
0: And this is all part of what people need to start comprehending when they're looking at what the public and what the private really is.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, the government uses Facebook and all that against people once they convict them. And, yes, the government can go to Facebook and say, hey, we want these records. Absolutely. But, again, you know, number one, who owns the entity? That's the game I'm playing, right? I don't own it, so do whatever you think you're going to do. Number two, I'm not breaking any laws. I'm putting out information. There's no law against information, you know? So, so what are you going to do about that, you know? So it's what you're doing and how you're doing it, you know? Now, I've seen, again, when I had to spend time in jail, when they did try to get me, which failed, <laughs> you know, I was in there, and these young kids, these dummies out there robbing and stealing and doing dumb stuff, you know, being enemy belligerents that they are, they uh, would go out, and they would, and then they would go on Facebook and tell everybody how they did this, that, and the other. You know, well, government says, okay, we've got you on a charge because you went out in the public, and you performed an injury to the public, so we've got you on a charge. Now we're going to subpoena that uh, evidence to use against you from Facebook. That they have a right to do. You know, but what are they going to do? Subpoena evidence that I gave out information? I seriously doubt any court wants to bring the information I'm putting out there into the court. Because <laughs> they know that it's all lawful information. You know, what are they going to do with that? They ain't going to charge me with nothing. You know, they could try. Yeah. They tried that. Lost. Yeah, there yeah. actually was
0: a... Uh, court case it was uh blood uh dracu versus whoever you can probably put that in google it would pop right up but she wanted to get a divorce from her husband and couldn't locate him to get him served but so she went and posted it on his facebook page and the courts upheld that that was uh an okay service of process
1: yeah public notice Mm-hmm. yeah to him but it was on you know if it was on his facebook page then he was served, or if he was linked to hers, right? Because that is, right. you know, that's, that's public notice, which is why a newspaper is good, too, you know? You don't even have to do a UCC-1. You could put a public notice of interest in, the, in a newspaper. You know, now you've got a common law notice of interest, which supersedes and is more powerful than a UCC-1 notice of interest. So, you right. know, there's ways to do it. You can go post it down at the courthouse, stick it up on the bulletin board. Oh, y'all been notified and,
0: That's one of the things, too, that I tell people, because they're like, oh, I don't want to use their paperwork. It's like, well, you don't have to, because really the UCC, one, is just affording public notice. Uh, You can do that, like you said, through the newspaper or the courts or even just sending a notice to the Secretary of State themselves.
1: Right. The only reason I wouldn't do those types of maneuvers is just because I can't get a record of it. Where the UCC, I can get someone to stamp and give me a record of it or a court. If I record it, I can get them to stamp and give me a record of it, or the newspaper will give me an affidavit so I have a record, you know what I mean? But going to the courthouse and pinning it up, I wouldn't do that, only because I don't have a record of that, Um, although I could do an affidavit and back that up, but still, I like to have, you know, the records from the other places where I posted it. But, yeah, essentially, that's it. The UCC is not using their paperwork when you're using a UCC1, just like you said. It is just... It's just another recognized public notice system. It's a filing system that's recognized as a public notice system. That's all. That's all it is, you know. Now, what you do with it is up to you. You start playing the UCC game and all that with instruments and everything. Yeah, that's a slippery slope because the minute you step over that line into the public and you didn't watch your P's and Q's, and you're going to get it, you know. Which is why I yeah, just negated. a lot of that. Too.
0: Yeah, you yeah. negated your position in the private. I think I, we got somebody I want to ask a question. Is somebody there?
1: Yeah, there's a couple questions on chat if you want to uh, advise them.
0: Okay, there's one here that says, what happens to those who are in Social Security or disability presently if they do this process? Yeah, I, I get that question a lot. You can adjust that if you want, Rob.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, you know, once you do a declaration of status, that doesn't mean everything's just going to change and the government's going to recognize it and they're going to all of a sudden all your records are going, hell no, they're not even going to look at it. They don't even know it exists. That's your job to do. So if I were on disability or something like that, again, I would set a trust up. I'd put my birth entity into the trust because the entity is the one collecting that, not you. So if the trust owns it, and you are a beneficiary of the trust, and the trust owns it and collects a check for you, okay, you're probably going to have to, if there's any tax on that, you would have to pay it, which I doubt there is, um, but it would go into the trust, and then and then you would take a dividend out of the trust because dividends are non-taxable, and that's how you would do it. You've got to have the right trust set up to do that.
0: Okay, we have another that's question I... here, but...
1: I shouldn't say you would do it or anyone else. I mean, that's how I would
0: do it. Yeah, that's what I tried to say, how I would do it, yeah. Uh, And to add to that that also is that, you know, we know that they've used word trickery on us with everything. And so when you're looking at a situation like Social Security, uh, people have been led to believe that they're receiving a benefit. They're not receiving a benefit. What they are receiving is an obligation of Social Security to you. Those are their obligations. It's not necessarily your benefits. Exactly. Um, all right. Let me see. What was this other question at? Uh, is the private trust that you speak of considered as a common law trust? Uh, which I would yeah. say, yeah, it's basically a, it's a, it's a non-statutory, that, like a Massachusetts trust.
1: Yeah, it's like a Massachusetts trust. They're, they're all relatively the same. The, the key with them all is that they start out as a contract, not a trust. All right, and it's a trust in con- it's a contract in trust form and it has to have specific elements. The minute I see a trust that doesn't have a certificate of beneficial interest in it, that's not the right trust. You must have certificates of beneficial interest number one. That's how you can tell one right off. If it's a trust somebody wrote for you claiming it's a common law or Massachusetts or private business trust or whatever and you're the trustee, it's wrong. You're never the trustee. I don't care what anybody says. Um, So there are things that you can look for to know if that trust is set up right or not. And it should be set up basically like a company. It has rules for the trustees and how they operate. It lays out all the detail of how this trust operates, what it does with its taxes, everything. Remember, having a clause in there that says the trust will pay taxes doesn't mean it's under the state tax. It's just saying that it will abide by those laws that apply. Right? So you're not evading anything. You're not hiding anything. You're not trying to get out of anything. You're saying we will, the trust will gladly pay any tax that applies, keyword applies. right? So those are the types of things you want to look for in a trust to know right off the bat if it's the real deal or not. Because, man, I've seen a ton of common law trusts people bring to me, ask me to read them. And, I mean, within the first page, I'm ready to take that thing and use it for fire and throw it in the start of fire, you know what I mean, because it's junk. And you can tell right away, you know. And these people pay $1,500, $2,500, 3000 for these things. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. But, yes, if it's constructed right, it can be called any of those. Massachusetts, common law trust, private business trust, contract trust, they're all relatively the same.
0: All right, there's another question here, which kind of ties to something else I wanted to mention. And, you know, when people look at Social Security and things, um, I, was, I took a picture of it, actually, when I went into the security office here probably about a year ago. They had a sign in the window that said, we never accept the birth certificate as identification. And yeah. I was like, gosh, what a, t- what a telling statement right there, because that certificate of live birth or whatever, that is really for that organization. That's the registration of that organization that they created, that they're want, that they holding as surety, and they want you to represent and be agent right. for. Mm-hmm. and uh but anyway the the question here it was from uh Lord Venom. it says, "Is the birth certificate really a bond? Well, yeah,
1: I mean, and it's not even it, the certificate a of lot of birth remember it's just like a certificate of interest, right, or it actually starts out with a certificate of lot birth which creates the corporation, so to speak, and then the birth certificate is a um uh, which is, is a bond and a certificate of benefits. They're all bonds, right? Remember, a bond is the same exact thing as a promissory note. It's it's very, very little bit, slight, slight of a difference. Of difference. But it's, it's basically the same as a promissory note. So what it's saying is you promise to pay someone, right? So... These bonds, they're turned into bonds. Yeah, I mean they're all bonds. They're printed on bond paper the whole bit. It it shows you right there, you know how you use it. Again, is up to you, but yes, essentially they're bonds. they well, there are there are a lot of things, man. They, they I love the birth certificate and certificate of live birth because it's such a multifaceted creature, man. It just it fits all kinds of commercial definitions, you know. Key one is a registered organization under UCC 9-102A71 definition of registered organization. That's the key right there because it fits, you know, the certificate of birth fits that. So it's like, boom, you can't deny that this thing's in commerce because, look, I got the definition right here, you know. Um, you start looking up bonds and, and warehouse receipt and bill of lading and all this stuff, and it, it starts to fit all of those. So it's pretty multifaceted. But I look at it as a registered organization. It could be a bond if I wanted to. It could be a bill of exchange if I wanted to. it It could be a promise to pay if I wanted to. You know, it all depends on how I'm going to use it. So I would say yes to that question.
0: Well, and I think right now, you know, I was actually thinking about this a couple hours ago. It's really amazing from the time when I first really started researching things and hearing the language and the words that people were using compared to what I'm hearing people say today and hearing the words and the languages that they're using, that people have really educated themselves so much on a lot of this. Um, And, you know, it's not going to be very far away before you do learn um, how to use that, that bond or whatever it is in any of those other different faceted forms.
1: Right. And that's where I'm trying to take people is to get them to educate themselves and then to the point to where this is how we're using them. And the only way I can do that is through example. I, I can't step out there and say, here, do this, but I've never done it before. There's plenty of that going around. So as I move forward and do these things, I can then turn around and go, look, everybody, here's the results. Here's what I've done. You know, just like when I used the birth certificate as a bill of exchange, it got two criminal cases discharged. I mean, that's proof right there. Boom. You know, so now I can turn around and say, look, this is how I did it. And that's why I started really harping on the Certificate of Live Birth and putting it into trust. And also, let's not forget your divine status, because that's what all this is built off of. You know, it has to be. You've got to declare your divine status. I did an inter vivos will um, and had a few people uh, witness that. So there's no notary on it. It's a completely private document. I will issue it. And to a judge or anybody when I need to in private or actually I won't even do it. The trust will,
0: because
1: the trust will say, hey, our is doing the will of God. Here's his here's his will. Just let you know he can't come in here. He can't do any of this. And we did that with one guy. It was a one page will and we put in a two page affidavit and got rid of his IRS warrant that they had on him for like two hundred grand. The next day they dropped that thing. They were like, okay, I'm going to say <laughs> They're like, thank you, two piece of
0: p- three piece of paper, done deal. Uh, I had another one here also that uh, interesting. <clears throat> it says, if we are doing all this in the private, why are we placing it into the public? Yeah, I don't it think works. that. Well, uh, it I didn't say specifically, but I, I yeah. don't think that we are really going. At, so the, there's a difference between filing and recording and giving notice. Right. And oh, they you mean with the
1: declaration uh, of status? I'm assuming. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's ahead, it, what I would guess.
0: But what I'm saying really is what we are putting in there is evidence of. It's just like um, when somebody gets, uh, for instance, a notice of lien. Uh, they don't see the actual lien. They just see that uh, one supposedly exists somewhere. And that's right. essentially all you're doing. Is, that's the only thing you're putting into the public.
1: It is a public notice of a private interest. There's nothing wrong with that. Actually, you have to put public notice out there to solidify your claim. So you're not going into the public. You're putting something, you're putting a notice into the public. You're creating a public record of your private status. See? That's different. That's not the same. That's, exactly. that's, not, that's not going into court and opening a court case. That's public. That's not going into court and answering to a court case that's public. You know, that's different. You're just creating a record, a public record. That's why a lot of courts won't let you do it because they know that the public record is strong and they just don't let you do it. They just play the whole, we don't do that here, you know, which is totally against the law. That's one of the areas where they're not playing by the rules, but whatever. So there's a court somewhere in the country you can do it in. I do mine in Georgia because they're easy. I just send anything there.
0: Uh, to, uh, Bill Hewitt?
1: Yeah. Good old Bill. I just spoke to him the other day. Yeah, you know, he's a good, he's a good
0: dude. I had a couple more questions here. I'm going to kind of tie the two together. Uh, they're from two different, um, men or women. One says, um, are we dealing with, All right, and it just jumped on me here, so I've got to find it again. So are we dealing in equity, common law, or third world law? And then somebody asks, what if we already have uh, irrevocable living trusts?
1: I don't know what your irrevocable living trust says, so that's hard for me to say. You know, when you say i got an irrevocable living trust, well, what's the terms of your trust? You know, I I can't – a lot of those questions are hard to answer when I don't know what that trust looks like. You know, that's something that you're going to have to discern. Um, As far as – you're doing common law, equity law, uh, natural law. I don't know what third world law is. I I don't understand that one. I'm not familiar with it. Um, But the the way I did everything was I hit all the different facets of law, the commercial law, you know, and I summed up everything, and I wrapped up all the ends and put them all together, and boom, I'm off and running.
0: Well, essentially, we just wrap everything up in equity.
1: Well, yeah, it's, it's equitable. you know, equity just means fairness and justice, you know, what's right, you know, what's written on a man's heart, um, truthfulness, all of that. So in doing right. equity, what's that? Go ahead. Um, in doing ex- equity, all you're saying is you're doing your due diligence. You're reaching out to your brother. You're giving him an opportunity to settle this matter. That's equity, you know. Now, you want to get into yeah. taking it into an equity court and all that, I mean, that's that's up to you. Any court, in my opinion, is public. That's why we don't belong in
0: there. Right. They're following their own rules, really. They're, following, they're, they're all PMAs, private uh, membership mm-hmm. associations, and they're following their own little set of rules that we don't know anything about. The reason why we don't know anything about them is because we're not part of their club and we're not supposed to be there.
1: Right, and it's public, right? So the only way they can do anything with this is by contract. So the minute you go in there to file a case because you're going to go in and get your due, you know, your just and right due, you just contracted, like you said, with a corporation in the public, and that's done. Like I see people on Facebook, they're going in and fighting this. I'm going to go to court and file a case. Knock yourself out because you just shot yourself in the foot from the second you filed. (laughs) And they swear they're going to win. I mean, they swear they're going to win. (laughs) And I'm like, yep, I've seen this a million times. Talk to me in, oh, about a year when you're completely stressed, you're losing your case, you're trying to hurry up and fudge paperwork real quick and get it done, and who knows how to do this and that, and you can't keep up with it. Have fun. Don't call me. I'll call you. (laughs) Yep, I learned that.
0: Somebody – Somebody says here, they said, uh, what types of property are held in trust by the government? And, you know, I'd like to add to that, uh, put the word everything, because
1: everything everything
0: that the counties are doing, you will find so many trusts. Oh, my gosh, they're all operating out of different trusts.
1: Well, and here's the thing. That's like the set the key trust. Everybody says, oh, when I was born, they created a trust for me. Man, you're not that special. Don't go around thinking you're that special, that the government couldn't wait to create a trust for you. No, that's not how it works at all. Okay? You were born. You gave. And and I'm not, I mean, I say that a little cocky, but believe me, I, I went through that for years, too, up until a few months ago when I finally realized what is going on here. They didn't think I was so special to set a trust up for me, What I did was I, well, not me, but my parents did, was they gave them the property that they created, and then when I got old enough to take it over, I left it sitting there. So there's no trust. They're holding it in trust, meaning they have the duties of a fiduciary under a bailment situation, but it's not a trust. It's a constructive trust, and the minute you go into court, they form that full trust at that point because it's only a constructive trust up to that point. Then you go in there, and now it's a real trust, and now you're stuck, okay? But there's no trust from Jump Street. It's just a piece of property that was given over, and it's held in trust. But that's a big deal, too. So they own all of your stuff, because if it's tied to that name and that uh, social security number, then they are holding that property in trust as alien uh, property custodians.
0: Right, you just that have use of that property.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, and w- yeah, you we know, have that because as a mutual bailment agreement, both bailor and bailee can benefit from the property. So they're like, not a problem. We'll give you some benefits. Here you go. Here's all your benefits. Oh, great. So yes, you have use of fruct. I mean, you you know, you you and them are both benefiting. That's called a mutual bailment agreement.
0: Yeah, just like your vehicle, uh, you know, you pay the registration on it every year, which so they're getting a the benefit there. You know, you've got one party that holds legal title, another party that holds equitable title. You've you've got the use of it, and you're benefiting that way, and uh, they're getting paid a few shillings every year, so they're happy.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I mean, again, that's why I say, give it to the trust and let the trust give it back to the government. All right, that's what I did. My trust gave my entity back to the government under a new set of rules. Here, I'm going to give this to you. Here's the rules for you to use. Because to terminate a bailment agreement is very easy. The bailor just has to write to the bailee and tell them we're done. Well, you do a declaration of status, then you do your notice of interest slash um, administrative process, and you've just terminated the bailment agreement because that's one of the things I put in there, any bailment, you know, are terminated at this point, we're done, over. Do you agree or disagree, you know, and then they agree because they don't respond. So I terminate the bailment agreement, then I take the entity, and it's in the trust, so the trust takes it and says, oh, we're going to give this back to the, we're going to give this to the government as a bailee. Now they have a specific duty, and we're both mutually going to benefit, but in this way. Here's the terms and conditions, that we laid out the terms and conditions. Okay, laid them all out. Here's what you can do with this property, and here's what you can't do. You can't mistake it for our beneficiary because it's not the same thing as he. You can't do this, that, yeah, you know, list out a whole thing of terms. Gave it back to him with a value of $30 trillion on it. This thing is valued at $30 trillion. Why? Because we said so. $30 trillion USD, and we got $21 of silver to back that up. <laughs> you know, it's all you need. It's all hypothetical bullshit. It's the same thing they do. Here it is, here it is for value for $30 And I know that that shit hit them hard because when I tried to file, when the trust tried to file a UCC1 in D.C. to perfect that interest in that particular certificate that we gave them, they just all, you know, somehow lost my UCC filing and my money order just kind of disappeared. Huh, interesting. So I came in the back door. Not a problem. We're just going to go ahead and put it in the legal ad in the newspaper in D.C. Oh, you were noticed. Just perfected the interest in it. So it doesn't matter that they didn't file the the UCC1. I just hit them with a common law interest, which is probably more fitting anyway because the trust is a common law trust technically. So, you know, now I just perfected the interest in that $30 trillion, which I'm waiting for that affidavit any day now. can't wait till it gets here. And that's <laughs> You know, it's the next part of my uh, plan is to move forward with that. Now I've got $30 trillion in value in the trust, not to mention um, all the other millions and billions of dollars that I put into the trust with other contract liens, all right, because a lien in the trust, a debtor, is uh, an asset. So the United States is now my debtor, and that's a huge asset, you know, <laughs> So I can begin to leverage that once I get everything perfected. So again, we're not. Di- it's not like I'm going with my UCC paperwork and say, hey, I'm trying to discharge this. Give me this out of my TDA account. Let me get to my treasury account. I want to take money out and go buy something. I don't need that. I can go to the trust and go to the bank and go, hey, look, I need you to send this to your highest CFO so they can review the records. This trust has $30 trillion in equity in it in okay, assets, you need to give us, or not you need to, but we want to credit your bank X amount of dollars. Okay, we want to credit your bank X amount. You guys can fill up your reserves, take it to the treasury window. Here's a promissory note. Go knock yourself out. All right, fill up your reserves and give us X amount of dollars, credit on account, open line of credit. And there's no reason a bank should turn that down. They should be loving that right now. They should be freaking kissing our feet. You know, so I'm just waiting for everything to cure so I can go ahead with the next step and go, here you go. How much do you need, bank? You know, you guys go ahead and create the money. That's not a fuss. You know, we're giving you the the value for you to do that. That's how banking works, you know. So it's going to get interesting with doing this, but you can't really do that until you give that entity – well, I shouldn't say you can't. There are other ways to do it but the way I saw it was give the entity back to the state because now again they're holding it in trust just like they originally were, but we've got a contract that specifically lays out what they're supposed to do with it. Not like before where it was abandoned property that the bail then took over and started administrating it the way that it wanted to. Now it's a different story because I laid some ground rules or the trust laid some ground rules that they can't break and there's a $30 trillion nut hanging on it, Yeah. so all is well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, you brought up the treasury thing, and I, I wanted to address the treasury situation, you know, because it drove me nuts, you know, for every, you see all these people complaining about uh, the state and everything and blood money, and oh, I don't want any of your benefits. It's all blood money da. And then the second you know, somebody uh, thinks they can access a treasury account. Everybody wants to know how to do it. It's like, wait a minute, now you right, want right. the blood money? That, that makes absolutely no sense. But right. what, what that account essentially is, it, it's like um, here about 10 years ago, back when I was paying rent, I discovered that the landlord wasn't paying the mortgage on the property and it was probably going to be foreclosed on. So what I did is I went and I opened up an escrow account at the bank and I put it in the name of the property. That, that was the name of the account. Guess what, I could have named that account um, Rob Michael Freeman. Does that mean right. that he could have come and taken money out of it? Absolutely not, you couldn't have taken no. money out of it because I'm the one that opened it up. And, you can, and that account can be named anything, and that's exactly how this system has operated.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because it has a semblance of your name doesn't mean it's yours.
0: You know, and then they go, oh, well, it's got my
1: Social Security account number as the the account number. So what? It's not your Social Security because your Social Security account number has dashes in it. That one doesn't. So it's not your Social Security account number. You know, it's a private account number. And, again, you're going to go try to access that. You don't have the authority to do that because the state is the one that, that has it and controls it and owns it. You're going to wind up in jail like some people are
0: today, you know? Well, besides that social, security, that social Security number is no different than the driver's license. On the back of the, of the Social Security card, it says that they can require you to turn that back into them at any time. Well, mm-hmm. if they can take it away from you, then evidently you don't own it, do you? <laughs> right,
1: exactly. It's, it's really simple, man. It's not that hard to see. So what we really have to do, or what I see people really have to start understanding, is how to become the value so that you can go to a bank and credit them, right? And that's not going to come from you directly. That's going to come from the trust. And that's what I'm teaching people over at Truth and Trust is how to get to that point. And I'm breaking ground as I go, so that way, as I do this, then I can go, look, guys, here's what I've done. Now you can do this too, you know? And here's the process to do it. It's tried, it's true, and I've already done it, you know? And I'm getting it to where I'm refining it to make it simpler and simpler and simpler. And I've had a lot of these these guys on the Internet, these law gurus, a lot of you people on the call probably even know them by name. I'm not going to go into that, that have contacted me and told me that they've either contacted me and, you know, kind of told me in a roundabout way, good job because their egos are a little too big to come right out and say it, you know, um, and then the other ones will come on and they start arguing with me, which tells me they know I got something they don't have, you know? So either way, they're telling me, dude, where'd this guy come from? What's the guy? And I didn't come out and start, you know, preaching everybody what I knew. I just did my own thing, man. And now that I see it's actually working very powerfully, I'm like, okay, now I need to help people. I need to step out and do that. But it's got to be done through the corporation. It can't be for me. And, yes, I charge money for it. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, it should be free. Well, that's why you're in the position you're in, because you feel like a victim and everything should be given to you, number one. And number two, no, I'm sorry, education isn't free. Information is. And y'all can dig through all the information on the Internet all you want. There's plenty of it out there. What I offer is a stripped-down version, and because that's my time, my own money coming out of my pocket, yes, I charge for it, but I don't charge near the money that I've had to pay for, you know, I would go to these seminars and these law gurus, I'd pay $2,500. I'd walk away with a couple documents that didn't work and didn't do anything, you know. And, and, yeah, I learned some stuff from them, but it was up to me to take those nuggets I got from them and go use it. Now, I didn't pay for just one $2,500 seminar. I've been to many of them. So when people start barking at me about cost and I'm charging, you know, a couple dollars for what I do, it's like, you're out of your mind. I don't even want to hear that. Don't go so, go somewhere else then. You know, what I'm teaching is what I've done, what I continue to do, and I'm going to get it to a point where I will be able to represent other trusts because my trust can be a trustee for someone else. and And that's pretty damn powerful because now – if a legal issue comes up, they go, hey, trustee, and I can step in and go, oh, let's look at this. How are we operating? Oh, okay. No, sorry, state, you can't touch it, you know. So I'm setting up some big stuff, man, and I just I love doing what I'm doing, and I want to get this stuff out there. So. I hope people can really, really understand the differences between public and private, and start leaving that old world behind, man. Stop worrying about the money. Stop worrying about that, and just go forward and educate yourself. Because all the other stuff will come. I, yes, I lost my house. Yes, I lost my son. Yes, I lost everything. Went to jail. You know, I'm not some beginner. Like I've been through this. And I had to learn how to give up everything. I had to learn how to give up fighting. I had to learn how to give up money. I had to learn how to give it all up. Once I did, everything started happening, everything. Money was coming in. I was setting it up. All the information was coming to me. I was getting everything spot on. I was like, damn, you know, the minute I let go of everything and didn't worry about nothing anymore, the more everything came. You know, and that's really the key, man. It's a change of mind, not even so much paper as paper. If you don't have it upstairs and in your heart, you ain't going to get nothing. That's just the bottom line. You're going to keep struggling because you're not there yet.
0: That's the way the 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 universe works. Exactly. 100%. Yep. Yep. And and Rob's Rob's class, I was going to say Rob's class on Sunday night, it's only five bucks. It's only five bucks, and if you can take notes... And maybe buy a couple uh, legal books to do some research on. Uh, t- you should be able to connect the dots very well.
1: And, right, you know, I think the,
0: the majority go ahead I, was say, I Sorry, think so, man. many people, so many people out there want everything for free, but I could guarantee 99 percent of the time when if everything was given to these people for free, they would be turning around and putting it on a different letterhead and charging people out the butt for it.
1: What? Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing that happens. I'm like, come on, really? You know, I mean, that's crazy. So, I try to keep things at a modest fee so I can spray it. And what I'm trying to do is simplify this for everybody. So, again, that's really important um, to me is to simplify and cut through so you guys don't have to do all the research and stuff that I did. Like, I'm trying to bring you down the short and narrow, the straight and narrow so you can get to it faster than I did, you know. Um, yeah, and then I think we're doing that. And with my classes and all, they're going to get. I'm going to redo them all. But once you pay your five bucks, you always have the video. It doesn't go away. You have your access all the time. You know, um, it's it's not like that on our site where you have to pay every time. Now I'm going to redo them all probably because as I get better, I want more and more professional looking stuff. Uh, but still, you'll always have the root videos which are essentially going to be the same they're just going to be doctored up as i go so anyway yeah we hope people can definitely come over and, and learn something
0: oh no Did i you? don't see any more questions
1: awesome i was just going to ask you that because i gotta get, yeah. get ready for my class yeah 30 minutes
0: <laughs> yeah you've, you've yeah, 30 minutes you've got to run to yours uh lord venom just says uh thank you for sharing the info
1: Oh, absolutely. Thank you, Brian, and thank you, everybody, for being on here. I appreciate you guys letting me come on here and yap away for an hour and a half.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate having you, and I'll be seeing you in half an hour.
1: All right, brother. I appreciate it. See you, everybody. Have a good night. Happy learning.
0: Thank you. Talk to you later.
1: Okay, Brian. Bye-bye. Hey Brian. Yeah. Uh, you were gonna post the link of uh, his stuff on your
0: tactical page, right? Um, I for, can for, do for, that. Yeah, and uh, man, yeah. I would really appreciate that because I'm out shopping right now and I, I can't, man, I can't get on chat or take notes. So I would really, really appreciate that. This basically answers all right, no, the final <clears throat> questions that I had for this past week.
1: <laughs> and
0: uh, I. Actually, I think yesterday I posted a link to his Facebook group in Tactical Sovereignty. And so if you go there, he's also got links to his website and everything. That's perfect. I appreciate you, brother. You got it. His site is uh, Truth and Trust. Good deal. I just started checking that one out. All right, I'm going to mute down because I've got to hit traffic again. You got it, brother. All right, uh he so we we got about half an hour before uh, he starts his up. Um, I've been sitting in on his classes, and uh to me to a degree it's kind of remedial, you know what I mean uh for people that are totally new to stuff it's such a wealth total wealth of information and um and you know anybody at any stage of learning though it, Even I sit there, and I'm like, oh, my God, and I grab my notebook and start writing things down because he'll drop little tidbits that um, really tie some other things up that have been running around in my head, you know what I mean? So, you know, there's always stuff to learn from everybody out there, and he's doing a really good job just starting people out from the basics and uh, going through the one, two, three steps, and he's an excellent teacher, and I just love his style, so... That's uh, so why I want to bring him on and uh, encourage other people as well to go ahead and check him out if they desire to do so. Um, we we were covering basically the uh, declaration of status tonight. Um, I don't know if anybody had any more questions regarding the declaration of status. I've got mine sitting here. I could um, walk through it if people want briefly. Uh, just let me know. Uh, otherwise, we can uh, wrap things up here. The whole board is unmuted, if anybody wanted to uh, chime in. <laughs> All right. Well, if not, uh, anybody wants uh, any information or examples on declaration of status or anything, you can go into Tactical Sovereignty and just go to the search bar, and it'll search the group declaration of status. So you'll see mine, and you'll see a few other ones there. I also have added links in the past to the group that showed examples of ones other people had done and also showed um, examples of kind of how they should be laid out uh, when you do one. And it, to me, that this is just an essential element because the majority of people on the land today have never made any open declaration as to who they are, what they are, what they're following, anything like that. Their position has totally been presumed, and majority of them don't even realize that um, they have no idea that they they have a legal entity that they're supposed to be representing or that they're being assumed to be representing. And that's where that's a stumbling block where everybody gets in trouble at. And I, I think if people more people step forward and put their declaration out there and let the powers that be or whatever know where they stand at. I mean, if if you haven't let anybody know where you stand at, how do you have any standing? What are you standing on? If, and this is all part of knowing who you are and learning where you're really from and where you really are as well. I I think one of the greatest things actually for people when they do a declaration of status for themselves one of the biggest things that happens is you learn a lot about yourself because you start asking yourself questions as you're preparing it that you may have never really asked yourself before. And that is very, very crucial for people to do because everybody's been bombarded with so many things and so many shiny objects to pay attention to that are outside of themselves and keep them from looking inside themselves because I think that's the most dangerous thing to the system as it stands today is for people to look inside themselves and see who they really are and realize the powers that they really have. there was a man that walked this earth at one time that said, these things that I've done, you will do and you will do greater. And everybody kind of forgets about that little statement. If anybody had anything else to say, uh, speak up or we'll wrap this baby up tonight. Great call with Rob. Okay. Well, we'll wrap this one up this week and we'll see you again next week. Uh, Tentatively for next week, been talking to a gentleman by the name of John Captain, and he has a very interesting story with regards to some things that his girlfriend had gone through, Uh, she ended up being murdered, and uh, he wants to come on and chat with us, so we'll see what happens, maybe he'll be coming on next week. Until then, everybody have an awesome week, and thanks for being here.